content warning for this episode. Uh, there are some instances of abuse that uh, verges on domestic. It's hard to say. It makes sense within the context of the episode. But if you're uncomfortable with those kind of depictions, you might want to skip this one. We'll just catch you next week. Welcome to Who Are You? This is the Babylon 5 Watchcast, hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who have gotten to know each other while re-watching a favorite show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafer. And I'm Laura. And we're going to talk about some alignments today. Right, yeah, Laura? did we ever come up with a name for this bit? I don't know that we did. I don't think we did. I've On the sheet, I've just got it as alignments. Yeah, me too. We need a name. Yeah, uh, I mean, we crowdsourced plot poker and mm-hmm. very happy with that. So, I Dear mean, listener, the crowd could suggest another one and that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, get in our Discord and uh, throw us a suggestion. Yeah, we're, t- we're talking about the alignments of the ambassadors today. So we're going to figure out, like, on that scale, the little matrix, you know, chaotic, neutral, lawful, mm-hmm. evil, neutral, good. Where do each of our main ambassadors fall? So that's going to be Delenn, Jakar, Londo, and Kosh, and Kosh 2, or Kosh.0, as we call yeah. him. <laughs> he so, is just uh, Kosh.0 in my head now. Like Even like when I'm watching the show, it has just taken over. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely unique. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm very curious. I When I sat down to actually do this, I felt like it was kind of hard. I think it felt like it was hard with our command staff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious to see what you think. And then I actually have a little, like, a cheat sheet for myself that helped me figure out some of these that were harder for me. Who do you want to start with? Um, I will say, except for the Kashas, I feel like the alignment changes for all of these characters over the course of the show. Okay, yeah. I definitely had trouble with that with at least two of them. Yeah. Uh, so tell me what your thoughts are. Uh, I think Delenn's probably a good place to start. Okay. Um, I think Delenn starts this show as lawful good. Okay. And as it progresses, leans much more into neutral good. Okay, I could see that. Because I definitely pegged her as lawful good and just did not did not ha- think about changes or anything, but mm-hmm. I, I see where you're coming from on, on neutral good. Why don't you elaborate a little bit? Well, it's just, uh, you know, she does break up the governing body <laughs> effectively. Okay, that's um, true. And she does choose to ignore a handful of the rulings uh, in mm-hmm. order for the greater good of the universe, really, is how she sees it, yeah. knowing what's coming. Yeah. She's kind of playing uh, like by her own internal laws and not necessarily the societal laws around her. Yes. And why I think that would normally allow someone who is neutral to get away as being lawful 
is she is part of the governing body. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, one literally. thing. Yeah, it's one thing when, you know, Joe Schmo lives by his own rules. It's another when the president does. Uh-huh. <laughs> not not to bring up any specific examples here. Yeah. Uh, but just because the president says that all their actions are lawful de facto because they are the law does not mm. actually make that true. And that's kind of where I skewed Delenn in here. Now, luckily, she's taking it on the good route and yeah, is doing everything a... altruistically. Yes. Yes. Uh, unlike some examples I might be alluding to ambiguously yeah. at the moment. Uh, are you talking to me? There's a lot of them out there, though. It's even it's more true. than just the one you're alluding to. Yeah. For sure. sure. Yeah. How do you I, feel I about think Delenn's the easiest of all of them to pick, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So, what about uh, Jakar? How do you feel about him? I feel like it's worth talking about Jakar and Lando in the same sentence. Okay. Can do. Uh, I think Jakar starts as chaotic neutral and Lando starts as lawful neutral. Okay. I definitely peg Jakar chaotic neutral. Um, and I think Jakar turns chaotic good as Lando turns lawful evil. Okay. Yeah. I, I wrote chaotic neutral for Jakar and I was thinking about him just, I don't know. I guess up to the point we're at, but he has kind of taken his good turn already, hasn't he? Yeah, like, I would say that happened last season with his uh, Kosh dust experience. Yes, yes, that was a big motivator of change. Delanda was the one I had the hardest time with. So I'm sitting yeah. there like thinking about Londo, and I was like, is Londo evil? Like, I don't want to think he's evil. But Lando he does, does not... pretty evil thing. Yeah, I don't think Lando starts as evil, but I don't yeah. think that you can be standing on the bridge of a ship that's using asteroids to bomb a planet. Mm-hmm. No matter how horrified you are, if you are not actively stopping that, especially in the position that he is in, you're evil. You're complicit. Yeah, yeah. So the you said true neutral is where he started? Lawful neutral. I, I, I lawful think Lando neutral. is really lawful for what his laws are. Yeah. And not necessarily his personal code of conduct, because his personal code of conduct is like the old Centauri way. Okay. And this is like codified laws for the Centauri, right. presumably. Yeah. At the very least, it's accepted societal norms and laws. Yeah, that's true. So then he goes to lawful evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I wound up like doing going in circles in my head like where is Londo? And I actually like googled for one of these alignment charts to like help me. Mm-hmm. And so this chart that I'm looking at, it the y-axis is you go from selfish to selfless on mm-hmm. you know, uh, evil through good. And then the x-axis, you're going to from prioritize a structure and tradition to prioritize a change in freedom. Yes. And so what it says about lawful evil is it says, I put the selfish needs of myself above the needs of others Mm -hmm. and will take advantage of the rules and traditions of society in order to keep others beneath me. And I was like, well, that's that's it. (laughs) Yeah, that's Londo right there. Yeah. So. It's like that. That's how I'm coming to this, you know. But the thing about it is, when we met Londo, 
he was in that lawful neutral that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So we kind of liked him. He was Yeah, funny. you're supposed to. You're supposed yeah. to hate Jakari and you're supposed to love Londo at the start of the show. That yeah. is by design. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that they brought it in, too, with the relationship with Londo and Garibaldi. And then we get, at this point in the show, Jakar, like, risking his life for Garibaldi. Mm-hmm. And Garibaldi's kind of like an every man in the show. You know, he's the, the every guy. Just a just a everyday Joe doing his security job. Mm-hmm. And he's doing the thing that we're doing at the same time as he's he sours on Londo and lifts up with Jakar. So, man. yeah. <laughs> It was yeah, tough. Yeah, so much. <laughs> it was tough to accept that I was like, man, he is evil. He's he's evil. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what the, about the Kashas? The Kashas, I think, are both outwardly chaotic, but lawful for their society. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's tough to say for us because our perception of them definitely feels chaotic. Mm-hmm. Just they're speaking in riddles constantly. They just show up when they please. They don't really right. care about the structure of anything going on. But they also are operating on an entirely different level. Yeah. Culturally speaking it, and societally and technologically speaking. So. It's a whole bunch of rules we don't understand, but they're following their rules. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of pegged. I don't know. I kind of pegged the original Kosh maybe as true neutral. Just kind of. I think he's good. You think he's good? I think he's okay. good because he actually cares about Sheridan and Lita and humans, uh, both. Yeah. And just aliens in general. Like he does. He actually cares about the young species. Yeah. Okay. I could pay him as neutral good, especially I'm reading my chart and it says uh, for neutral good. Whether I break or follow the rules is inconsequential. Mm-hmm. What matters most is being selfless and protecting the well-being of others. Yeah. Because Kosh definitely broke the rules to uh, help Sheridan mm-hmm. at one point and then, you know, <laughs> left a piece of himself with Sheridan to, like, save him. So. And given yeah. Kosh Pino's reaction to that in this episode, I'm guessing that's against the rules. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay, so I, I'm going to go with neutral good. I'm changing my opinion of Kosh, original Kosh. <laughs> mm-hmm. What about Kosh.0? He might be true neutral. It's hard to say if he's evil. Yeah. We don't get the, a the lot. The purple suit and the red eye are definitely supposed to make us think he's evil, right? <laughs> Mr. Evil. Dr. Evil. I didn't spend six years in evil medical school to be called Mr. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're supposed to be apprehensive. Um, yeah. Just like his individual actions on the station are like being terrible to Lita mm-hmm. and not doing shit. <laughs> yeah. Which just, I mean, being a shitty boss, uh, being a p- abusive boss, really. Yeah. <laughs> um. Does that make you evil? I'd say if he was a one of the younger races and acting like this, a hundred percent, yes. Mm-hmm. But because he is once again 
operating on an entirely different level in every way that anyone can comprehend, mm-hmm. it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, there's no empathy there. So it's hard to say if he's good, but also he's not running around, you know, just like fragging folks. Mm-hmm. So is he evil? I I put him as neutral because I don't, I don't really know. And he seems to act not necessarily in his own self-interest, but definitely in the interest of the Vorlons. Right. But solely the Vorlons. Yeah. Like he does not give a shit about anyone that's not a Vorlon. Yeah. And so it's that kind of species selfishness, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, that makes me lean in towards neutral. It's definitely a form of selfishness, given yeah. the, you know, the galactic uh gathering that is Babylon 5. Yeah, I, I've got him as lawful neutral, just under that assumption that he is operating under the rules and laws mm-hmm. of Vorlon society that we don't understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, neutral. I was like, I don't know. I don't, he's, he's definitely coded yeah. as evil. <laughs> yeah. But hard to say. All right. I think we well, figured those guys out. I feel pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. Just like this episode. Uh, <laughs> Spoilers for the end. <laughs> uh, we got season four, episode three, The Summoning. Are you ready for a fact that's going to blow your mind? I always love a fact that's going to blow my mind. This is the very first episode since The Gathering to actually feature all cast members in the opening credits. I don't believe you. Wow. We got them all together for this one, huh? Yep. (laughs) Didn't have any schedule conflicts. (laughs) It is the first time it has happened since the pilot. Wow. Wow. Neat. I mean, it's a a big cast. Yeah. I did not check this at all, but I read it on Midwinter, and if it's on Lurker's Guide, it's fact to me. Um, yeah, because someone would have corrected it by already. now. Yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> someone would have um actually that forever ago. So I I trust it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, if you think about it, we have we have swaps of episodes without Kiefer, without Veer, without Delenn. Mm-hmm. Like this checks out. You know, Andreas would go off and do some Star Trek and stuff. You know, like there yeah. are. There are whole chunks of episodes without certain actors or actresses yeah, who are in that sense. title sequence. So, When you're watching this episode, you're watching on Voodoo, right? Correct. Okay. So I noticed on, we're watching on Apple or we bought it on, you know, through iTunes or whatever. Yeah. The audio at the beginning of this episode, the audio and a little bit of the video was terrible. Did you have that same feeling? I did not. Okay. I don't know hmm. what's going on over at Apple. <laughs> Everyone was watching the Ted Lasso finale. It just ruined your ability to... Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those uh, really popular shows I have not picked up, so... It's really good. I haven't watched... I hear it's really good. I haven't watched the finale yet, but it's like... 
when you want to watch an episode of TV and feel good about being alive afterwards, <laughs> like it is an inspiring show in a lot of ways. So I probably need that one right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's totally especially if you got Apple TV. If you're already paying for Apple TV, it's 100% worth it. Okay. Noted. We open up this episode on Ivanova Delenn and Marcus West Winging. Ivanova needs a ship to go find some more first ones. Uh but she doesn't need a translator anymore. She's got a 120-day streak on Duolingo and she can just go native with the Mimbari now. I also wrote Duolingo in my notes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she does okay up until a point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they listen, and Marcus is just like, well, I'll tag along just in case. And Ivanova, I think, is learning Mimbari to not have Marcus tag along. That's, like, the yeah. vibe I got, because mm -hmm. she's just like, no, don't, don't, please. And it's yeah. just like, no, you... <laughs> That's definitely it. She did not want... To have to have Mar lean on Marcus at all. Yeah. And uh, she's been trying not to. Mm. Got to do a little bit more Duolingo, I guess. Not quite yep. there. I thought it was funny in this scene at the end, Delenn tells Marcus that anyone who laughs has to answer to her. Mm -hmm. And I have a hard time picturing the Vinbari laughing about this. <laughs> well, I think... Knowing from a season five episode with Penn and Teller, which mm. is on its way, if you were unaware, uh, they yeah. talk about different forms of humor. And apparently the Mimbari humor is completely pun based. OK, OK. And so they probably can't pun in English for a variety okay. of reasons. So her poorly speaking the language might actually lead to some puns on accident. Especially because if you think about what she's doing, she's probably saying words that are close but not quite right rather than mm, just like okay. shooting for the fences. So it yeah. probably would actually be very funny to a Mimbari knowing how their, <laughs> their their comedy works. Yeah. We just don't see them laugh much. We don't, I guess, toss out puns all the time on this show. I had a hard time picturing it. I was like, they're a little too Vulcan <laughs> for that, right? <laughs> they're going to be respectful, but... Okay, yeah. maybe. Uh, Over on Centauri Prime, Londo and Veer encounter Jakar being humiliated in the throne room. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Centauri torture being the same as a human kink convention's humiliation room. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I hope they don't have these hats. <laughs> uh, I mean, the missing piece is, of course, consent. Uh, mm -hmm. but still, like, this did not, it was not good. <laughs> did not feel good. Yeah. Yeah, big props to the costumer who put together this jester's hat. It has a nice level <laughs> of sinister to it with the little spiky things on it. Yes, it looks like a very uncomfortable jester's hat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. After theme, Dylan tells us that everyone she holds dear is gone, completely ignoring Lanier. I said the same thing. I was like, man, he's he's not even, you know, if you want to use a, one of those stupid incel terms, he's not even like friend zoned. He's not <laughs> in a zone. He's not even acknowledged. <laughs> she lists she off everybody else. She had just said 
he can't go because she needs his help with too many things. Yeah. He is so important to her daily ability to do her job. And just like everyone I hold dear is gone. And she lists like Garibaldi. We've never seen them have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. But Lanier, <laughs> fuck that guy. I guess for that matter, she doesn't have any positive associations with Franklin either then. Because Franklin's definitely on the station. Yeah. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> Susan and Marcus are checking out some suspected first ones, uh, just like areas where they might be, places where weird stuff, unexplained stuff happens. Mm -hmm. uh, Marcus alludes to the Ivanova is God line here, including himself, and she calls him out on delusions of grandeur. Ray, when someone asks you if you're a God, you say yes! Yeah, this conversation is a little a little flirtatious. I mean, like everything out of Marcus's mouth is a little flirtatious. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> but he's put he lays it on extra thick with Ivanova, truly. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He has an agenda. Yeah. I'm not I'm not against it. I love the big flirt energy. Go for it, my dude. Yeah. Uh, in the war room. Zach tells Delenn that they've found a lead on where Garibaldi might be, mm -hmm. but also Jakar is missing. So I can do one thing, but not the other thing. Yeah. And Delenn can't sends get a hold of Jakar Garibaldi. to have him follow up on this lead. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to have to hope Jakar is okay by himself. I feel kind of bad because it seems like this is the second time that Delenn. I don't want to say betrays, but certainly doesn't do anything for Jakar. Yeah. Right? She kind of left the Narn hanging earlier, and now she's like, well, we just got to hope Jakar's okay. Go mm -hmm. get Mr. Garibaldi, Zach. Which, to be fair, that's what Zach wants to do. Zach doesn't want to go yeah. get Jakar. Kind of makes me feel bad for Jakar. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> uh, we cut to Londo and Veer taking a stroll, talking conspiracy. When bloody-handed uh, Cartage... of betrayal. <laughs> uh, bloody-handed Cartage stumbles in complaining about unions. And I just got to yeah. say, pain technicians, good on you for organizing. I wish your job mm -hmm. didn't exist, but workers' rights... Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. It's, it's yeah. an interesting feeling. It's all like, man, I wish a job didn't exist, but I'm glad you guys at least got together and unionized if your job's going mm -hmm. to exist. Make sure that you get, you know, those benefits for that mental health coverage you're probably gonna you need. need. Yeah. You need it real bad. Yeah. <laughs> And, of course, work-related injuries. Yeah, I mean, that probably happens. Yeah. It's very um, serious. Anyways, Cartage is just a fucking monster here. Uh, yes. I don't know if you've got the episode up, but at 9 minutes and 45 seconds in, he, like, throws a bloody towel to his aid, and it just kind <laughs> of, like, lands on his face and just goes right past. 
<laughs> and then the way his eyes roll is just like, this is reality. It's so good. I can't believe I'm here. This is my job. Uh, I was very impressed with Cartage's ability to keep that white coat, white outfit, mm-hmm. unbloodied when his hands are so bloody. And you know what that is. That's the customer going, I can't make another one of these. Y'all can't ruin it. Keep it on the hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cartagia tells Lando and Veer that if Jakar don't start screaming, he's going to die. Zack and the crew go out for Garibaldi while Delenn is running CNC. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening here? I mean, it's not Nerf I mean, it's Station not anymore. Station anymore. <laughs> she runs the Rangers, so I guess she's like technically a visiting general. Like, yeah, not even really a visiting general. Like, it's just it's really mm-hmm. awkward to see. Yeah, would we just give control of our military force on a island to a visiting? Ge- I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's allies. Hot. It's like the Rangers are, you know, the military force that protects Babylon Five. So is she really a visiting general? <laughs> is she just the general? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's all very, very murky. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she goes to visit Lita to ask about the Vorlons joining the attack on Zaha Doom. Lita confirms the Vorlons are up to something, but she doesn't know what. Lita's also, like, very abused here. And this is the first, well, I think we've seen signs of it, but this is like her first confirmation that the new Vorlon ambassador is an abusive jerk. Yeah. Uh, he's made her get rid of all of her things. I feel <laughs> like that's a classic abuser tactic, right? She's only allowed to have a bed and only because she needs to sleep. Or she will die if she doesn't sleep. Yeah. So he needs her alive. Mm-hmm. She can have the bed. But Ugh. yeah. <sighs> Zach is trying to pull over the ship and they just are not listening uh the ship launches a life pod before blowing up from a little engine damage and sure enough Mm -hmm. garibaldi is in that pod yeah saran wrapped to a table yeah as we find out yeah this is the worst night of summer camp of garibaldi's life how big is this pod too like usually when you see pod, life life pods depicted in sci-fi, they're like little tiny things. Yeah. This one is big enough for a table that you can saran wrap a whole guy to. Right. <laughs> it's awkward. Very strange. This whole Zach, situation is can... supposed to be very strange. Yeah. And you can tell Zach feels it is off. Yeah. This whole thing is off. Do they find Garibaldi this way? Saran wrapped yeah, to they the have table? To. It's not like he's getting himself yeah. up. When we see him next, he's in being rushed to med lab. Like, true, he's yeah. not up and walking. We do see his eyes flash open as he's on the table, mm-hmm. as a, a computer voice speaks to him. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Uh, Lita tries to ask Kosh what's going on, and she's just like, "Kosh, like." Something going on? You, you tell me, right? Yeah, you tell me something's going on. Like, there's a thing, and I need to know the thing. Like, you tell me the thing, the thing that was happening with the ships and the planet. I just don't mm-hmm. know. I just what's going on. That's all I want to know. What's going on? Yeah. 
I haven't done that bit in a long time. The, um, like, sexual abuse vibes in the scene are very strong. As, yeah. Uh, it she opens gets up mind with... blasted for her trouble here. Yeah. And it opens up with him, you know, she carries Kosh around, right? And he goes back into his encounter suit. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, you hurt me as you came out. And it's like, oh, man, that's yeah. pretty vivid yeah. right there. Yeah, don't pull out so hard or something was what she said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... I I needed to shower after this scene, honestly. I just yeah. felt... It's so grody. Just felt it's grody icky. by proximity to it. Yeah, and it's it's just enough that if you're not thinking about it, you might pass over it, but uh, it's unpleasant to think about this, especially if you think of Alita's relationships with the Kashas as relationships. Like, mm-hmm. because she, like, is carrying their self, their spirit, something A around in her them. body. Yeah. Yeah. And she's had kind of this religious experience going to the Vorlon space and being turned into their little, their little tool, I guess. I don't know yeah. how to say it. Uh, yeah. Yep. It's really gross the way that Kosh Boyno treats her in a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. So, and, and she also asks for just basic respect. And he says, no. He says, why do you think you deserve respect? Yeah. Oh, oh it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, cut over to Londo, trying to convince Shakar that his pride is not worth the survival of his race. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah. it's, it's more than pride. It's his identity, and those are separate things. Uh, yeah. Like, I get it, Shakar, but also... You know, like there are bigger fish to fry. And for someone who's been going around preaching the sacrifices required for Narn to, you know, ensure the survival of the galaxy and stuff, you know, that's his big kick. So he puts up a little bit more of a fight on this than I would think uh, enlightened Jakar that we've seen in episodes previous would have. I felt Uh, the same way. I was like, this is interesting that he's holding on to this but i guess maybe like it's this last thing and we've got to see him give up yeah his last thing yeah he can endure all this torture for the sake of his people but you know this is something else entirely mm-hmm. uh yeah, there might like, also just be let a... me have this one piece yeah there might be a bit of reversion going on here too like mm-hmm. he finds himself in the position of being captured and tortured by centauri this is something you know that he saw his father go through and stuff there's all mm-hmm. kinds of other things that play in mentally here mm-hmm. than just his pride. So yeah, like he's, I, he's I, I in a very triggering it. situation. Yeah, yeah. Marcus asks Ivanova what she's going to do when the war is over. She says <laughs> travel. He says loses V card. Are you a merchant? Oh, you are hilarious. <laughs> Mmm, this is good. You're a virgin! Yeah, this conversation got extremely personal. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe it. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, maybe depending on what age he was when he went to the Rangers, perhaps. I don't yeah, think we I gotta imagine Ranger training isn't particularly, uh... <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe it is, I don't know. 
Maybe it's that. Maybe he went to the Rangers really young. But I was like, look at his face. Just look at him. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I have accidentally had sex in my life. <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. I feel like that's happened to me. And I feel like it would have happened to him, too. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, look at him. I don't know. I just. That was that was a bit of a leap for me. I was like, I need a more of a timeline <laughs> of how old he is, when he went to school. Like, <laughs> <laughs> got to make me believe it, J. Michael Straczynski. Well, he he don't. was like doing his own thing for a long enough time because he only joined the Rangers after his brother died. Right, and it's like, okay, well, when how old was your brother? How old were you? Like, <laughs> how how long is Ranger training? Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> it seems like it's got to be a while if you have to learn. Minbari, and then to yeah. be a badass martial arts fighter, and I imagine Zen. it's the kind of thing that before the war was years, and yeah. once the war starts to pick up, it is weeks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you're a ranger, and you're a ranger, right? And you're a ranger. <laughs> Anyways, they encounter a strange pocket in hyperspace, and. It's only detectable because of the ship's Vorlon technology that has mm -hmm. been incorporated into it. And surprise, it's a big pocket full of Vorlons. Just a big old Vorlon fleet. There is a mm -hmm. massive capital ship here. Just yeah, big old ship. And um, I think they tell us there's more than one, but we see yeah, one we see in our one. CGI. And I don't remember if it's this episode or next episode they give us a size, but its mm -hmm. length it's is one. comparable to Babylon 5. Yeah. And it's much wider. Yeah. Um, and we come back to a Garibaldi flashback from last episode. He remembers the shadow ship, maybe. He says he doesn't. I'm not saying he's a liar, but he has a flashback of the shadow ship. How much of that is yeah. actually his memory is hard to say. Right. Is this just sort of happening in his subconscious or is he actually remembering it when he's having these like nightmares and then mm -hmm. flashes in his uh, waking hours? Um, Zach does tell Garibaldi that Sheridan is dead here. Mm -hmm. And uh, Delenn meets with the Burkiri ambassador who's like, nobody is crazy enough to risk their entire species on helping since the shadows are going to have revenge on anyone who participates on this attack. Mm -hmm. By the way, there's some unknown ship heading straight for Babylon 5. You might want to look into it. I don't know. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> we saw it on some sensors. I, uh, Craziest I thing. Heading straight yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Delenn doesn't seem to make much of this. Like, we don't get really a reaction from her. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, we got big fish to fry. We're trying to put together a fleet. We got one little ship coming. What? How bad could it be? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fleet is gathering here, so maybe maybe you're not as concerned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe this one's just like, oh, I heard there was a fleet. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to be a fleet. <laughs> coming to join the fleet, right? Yeah, Delenn's an optimist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the Brickeri ambassador says, too, that, you know, like, I... I wanted to stay out of it. They wouldn't tell me anything. But these uh, other races that don't want to go get killed are also going to be protesting you soon. Yeah. 
I don't know when. I don't know what's going on. They wouldn't tell me, but you might want to look. You might want to. St- I think he he wants her to stop them, and she's like, "No, I'm not going to stop them. Free speech." <laughs> um, but I will go also exercise my own free speech. So, yeah. The flip side of the coin. Over on Centauri Prime, Lando and Veer are brought to watch Jakar get whipped. Yeah. He's going to be whipped to death. Yep. Cartagena's got a serious uh, dungeon going on, I guess. Yeah. Lando mouths screamed Jakar at one point during this. Did you catch that? Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Veer looks like he's going to vomit. Yeah, Veer's... Sweet baby fear. Yeah. He's not built for this. No, he's not. And uh, Jakar screams one lash before the setting we're told will kill him. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he realizes that he's no good to anybody dead, mm-hmm. especially not the entire Narn home world. Ivanova and Marcus are back at B5 to talk to Lita. Uh, Lanier notices the gathering in the Zocalo and tells Delenn as the unknown ship arrives, it has yeah. command codes and docks itself. Yeah, which freaks everybody out. Has it should. All the security. Yes, it definitely should. Wouldn't those be like <laughs> Sheridan's command codes? Like, yeah. Wouldn't it be like, shouldn't oh, it's using be... the captain's codes? Like, wouldn't you know right. that? We're not all sharing a code, right? <laughs> That's like, <laughs> please. That we've ta- we talk about password security a lot on this show <laughs> for being a non-IT podcast. <laughs> it manages to come up a bunch. Yeah, I feel like it's bad bad password security if we all have the same command code. <laughs> yeah, he's just like peekaboo, and it just lets him dock. It's like, oh, it's Garibaldi's mm-hmm. code. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it should have been clear at this point who's mm-hmm. it coming. But I mean, I get drama. You know, you wanna you wanna suspend it till the last possible moment. Oh yes, and they're definitely hyping the drama here because we get like cuts between this escalating protest mm-hmm. and the crowd getting aggressive toward Delenn and Lanier. Yeah. And then like the dramatic reveal of Who's coming off the spaceship? It's played very well. Yeah. The Drazi do manage to tell everyone the secret plan. Rude. <laughs> the Drazi haven't been exactly coded as a intelligent, like super intelligent race, right? I mean, can you imagine someone in New York, like June 2nd, bitching about D-Day about to happen? Yeah. <laughs> especially if you have the internet at that time which we didn't yeah but <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah uh, that'd be a problem uh security is gathering around space tsa and we clearly see lorian with someone on the like little tram yeah. off the shuttle yeah and sheridan shows up just in time for them to talk about how dead he is mm-hmm uh, Delenn is awestruck as Sheridan gives a speech, getting everyone riled up to join the cause. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? 
I just want to point out that on the third episode, he arose from the dead. <laughs> uh, the Jesus parallels are strong, my friend. <laughs> yes. I actually yep. have a whole conversation about that for us next episode. Yeah. There's an, another one that's a good spot to put it. So I, I'm sure we're on the same vibe. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Delenn and Sheridan reunite. Lita tells Ivanova that the Vorlons have started their plan, and Sheridan gets the group together to explain what he's learned. Both the Vorlons and the Shadows are dicks. Yeah. Surprise! It's all bad. <laughs> this whole time, Garibaldi cannot stop side eyeing Lorian. No. He is not cool with this guy. And yeah. I do feel a little bit like we probably should have interrogated Sheridan's return a little bit more everybody I think, than we do. I think there's a reason for that, to be perfectly yeah. honest. But it ties into something next episode. So I'll save it for that. Yeah. I just was like, we know that Anna Sheridan came back from Zaha Doom altered. Mm -hmm. We know that Morden has been on and off Zaha Doom and is theoretically altered. Like, why do we immediately trust Sheridan? And Garibaldi doesn't. Yeah, I have to imagine that Sheridan volunteered for a bunch of scans and stuff. Yeah. Like, I would have liked to see that addressed. For sure. <laughs> There's a little lip service paid to it where uh, Sheridan is in MetLab and he asks about some test results and stuff. I think that's in the next episode. Yeah. These yeah. two blend together. So they do kind of like, eh, da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> this is really, it feels like a two-parter that's not a two-parter right now. Yeah. These two episodes in particular are very they much blend. telling the same story at different parts. Seamless. Yeah. Uh, Sheridan thanks Delenn, Lita, and Ivanova for going after him on Zaha Doom. Poor mm -hmm. Lanier again. I know, right? The only and reason the they survived. he's the one who got them out of there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody listens to poor Lanier. Nobody cares about Lanier. Yep. We find out the Vorlon's big ship is actually a Death Star, and they just wiped out a whole fucking planet. Everyone's going to die to credits. Yeah. What a what a uplifting note to end <laughs> this episode on. I think it's real good. Yeah. Uh, I would give it... I think I'm going to give it four. Okay. Because I like it a lot, but I I feel like we still got room to grow. Yeah, I I sat this one at three and a half. Okay. Invoking the half clause again. Uh, yeah. It feels better than a three, but not quite a four to me. Okay. But I don't have any real notes. Just kind of like, it's it's a lot of stuff happens episode. We know how I feel about those. Uh -huh. I'm a I'm always down for. Cartagia being crazy. Yeah. He's crazy. And he's really amping it up in this episode. It gets even better in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I really enjoy the like dramatic cuts that we get. Mm -hmm. And even the silly Jesus metaphor. It all uh <laughs> it all hits real good for me. So yeah. this is a four episode for me. All right. Well, the number four comes up again in a moment because we're next week we're watching season four episode four falling uh -huh. towards apotheosis 
Refugees mm. from worlds destroyed by the Forlons descent on Babylon 5. The Vorlons and Kosh are on the attack. Londo's plans to unseat the Emperor become risky. Sheridan has a surprise for Delenn. And we'll be watching That's that. That's a lot. It's a lot. Call... You know, when I read this, Sheridan has a surprise for Delenn, like before I watched the episode, having watched that episode already now in order. That's one way to put it. I got things to say about that. And you know who else will have things to say about that? Our guest host next week, Ben's joining us on the pod. Yay. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, Ben and I will be launching our new podcast the day before next week's airs. So we'll be talking about that and Mm -hmm. also the episode Falling Towards Apotheosis. But before that, I've got news. Do tell. Everyone else on Jeremy Siegel Friend Watch, the friend request has been accepted. So let me say even more so than normal, thank you, Jeremy Siegel, for our lovely theme music. You can find more of his work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com and also on Spotify as Nuclear Jaguar. The May album just dropped. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Mm -hmm. I saw it dropped last night. Fantastic. Also, thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Thank you, Aaron, for editing our podcast and making sure that it actually gets listened to because Lord knows if this wasn't edited, I don't know that it'd be listenable. And thank you so much because I know it was hard this week. (laughs) Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Everyone, was that what you were going to say? Yeah, I was going to say thank you for listening. Yeah, we appreciate it. Join our Discord. Join their conversations there. We're having fun. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week, Internet. All right. Bye. Bye.